Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 10 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wael. And I would like to start by thanking all of you for listening and sending in all your questions and suggestions uh, and your kind feedback. Thank you so much for that. And I would like to uh, uh, acknowledge the blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that uh, he made me able to talk to you about the religion of Islam. And he put me in such a position. And again, I'm humbled and honored. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep me on a straight path and um, keep me giving you uh, the correct and authentic information. Again, any anything when it comes to knowledge counts. So if I'm able to add a little bit, a little bit, a piece of information to your knowledge, this is great enough for me. And, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. Um, again, whether you are uh, just, you know, passing through or passing by, or just curious about Islam, whether you are a new Muslim or a new convert, whether you were born a Muslim and you want to learn more about Islam, whether you're, you know, studying Islam or, you know, even interested of in becoming a Muslim, trust me, all the types that I just mentioned have emailed me and I couldn't have been more grateful. So, again, this podcast is for everyone. We talk about Islam as is. We're not beautifying the religion. It does not need uh, any, you know, beautification or any, you know, modification. It literally, it's like raw data. You guys are getting the raw data as if it was revealed and it's interpreted by the Prophet Sallallahu and the, the great scholars of Islam. So, yeah, there is, you're getting the absolute truth, inshallah. Again, thank you so much for being here. And if you have any questions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. And with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic is long overdue. We, uh, we we talked about many things. We gave introductions about Islam. We talked about the stereotypes. We talked about the, the purpose of life. Who is Jesus in Islam and all these things. And while we're talking about all this, we were mentioning little by little uh, stuff about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about God. Right? We mentioned certain characteristics, certain things that Allah would do, certain things that Allah wouldn't do. And we, we glossed over these things. But today, inshallah, we will talk about who is Allah. We will focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, uh, and and you know uh, we'll talk about you know a, a lot of things that me, maybe you guys know maybe you do not know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so yeah um first of all the word Allah is the main name for God so Allah does not mean God in Arabic because I've heard some people saying that Allah means God in Arabic that actually doesn't Allah is the God is Rabb or Ilah Basically, in Arabic, that's uh, 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 the the name, the, the meaning in Arabic. Allah is, and Allah, by the way, comes from Ilah, uh, is a name, the name of God. If you notice, Allah and Ilah are too close. Ilah means God, and Allah is the main name of God. He, that's his main name. Allah is his main name. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has unlimited number of names. Uh, around ninety nine uh, are blessed are mentioned in the Quran. Of the unlimited number of names. Because some people think Allah has only 99 names. That is very incorrect. Allah has infinite number of names. But what's mentioned for us, what's known to us are 99 of those names that are mentioned in the Quran. Now, so Allah, we agreed, is not the is is not God in Arabic. It's just the main name of, of God. So that's why we call Allah Allah because he calls himself Allah numerous times in the Quran and it's basically the main name of, of God. Now, <coughs> another thing is uh, um, 
we need to know certain things about Allah. We need to know certain things about God. Um, number one, do not try to understand God. Don't try to understand God. Because I see some people are struggling mentally to know why would God do this? What was God's wisdom? Don't try to understand. Some things will be clear. Some things will be very clear to you and, and to myself and to everybody. Some things will be clear to only the believers. Uh, uh, some things will be clear to actually to disbelievers. You know, you'll never know Allah. Uh, don't try to figure out Allah because you'll never be able to because He is Allah. He is God. You know, we can't be put on the same level. We can't put ourselves in the same level of God. You know, because we are limited creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us with limited imagination, with limited minds. You know, no matter how much you think you're smart, there's always someone who's smarter. And if you think there's someone who's, quote unquote, the smartest person alive, it's that person is nothing compared to other creation. For example, comparing to angels. You know, see, I can't even compare a person to God. So I have to compare it to some other creation because God is the one who gave you intelligence. You guys have to understand this. Intelligence comes from God. So when you use the intelligence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you to question God, it's kind of ridiculous. Think about it. You know, it's 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 just does not make any sense. Allah gave you that intelligence. Not for you to use it and try to use it against because you won't understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 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 a, is 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 on a separate level. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is not in our realm of like, you know, of existence. Allah created existence. So again, don't try to figure out Allah because you'll never be able to. But for us not to go nuts and go crazy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us certain things, told us certain methods that we could derive and and some wisdoms, you know, and told us to look at certain things in a certain way. Again, for us not to lose our minds, you know, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. So if we don't understand anything about God, it could be very problematic in terms of like our mental health. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his mercy, explained to us stuff that could, would basically sustain us when it comes to, you know, questioning on all these things as long as we're alive. And it's, it's really that simple. Another thing is, don't try to use analogy on God. This is the worst thing you could do. Let me explain to you. Some people might say, well, since God is capable of anything, that means God could use the bathroom. That means God could eat, could drink, could go to sleep. Well, isn't he capable of anything? That means he could do that, right? It's not impossible. Here's the thing. Number one, anything that we know about Allah, everything that we know about Allah, comes from Allah. We cannot derive some sort of analogy. We can say because God is that, then he could do this. No, 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 no. What God tells us that he does or he doesn't, it's that what we take in. That's what we believe in. We do not come up with our own conclusion about God. Right? So we can't say, well, he's God, so that means he could eat. No one could stop him from eating. Yeah, but Allah told us that he does not depend on our worldly things he doesn't depend he doesn't need anything basically to be god right so we cannot derive our own analogy because first of all to be able to derive analogy about something you mean that means you completely understand it do you get what i'm saying 
if if you're deriving some sort of a conclusion about something, that means you completely understand that something, and then you come up with your own conclusion about its behavior. Let's say. But we just said moments ago that you'll never be able to understand God. You'll never be able to think on how or, or think of how God would do this, or you know, uh, understand the wisdom of God. Sometimes, sometimes Allah will allow us to understand His wisdom. So again, coming up with conclusions about God does not make any sense since you do not understand God in the first place, right? Now, another thing, do not try to imagine God. Meaning, don't try to like see, like say, oh, well, he probably looks like that. Well, we say he had, he has feet, he has hands, so he could look. Do not, because Allah, it's actually mentioned. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us. If you keep imagining for for years and years, you'll never be able to comprehend what Allah looks like. You'll never be able to comprehend the features that Allah has that we don't have. Do you understand? It's that simple. You know, you could keep thinking about this and it could drive you mad. It could, people actually sometimes could lose their minds. So don't try to think. Every time you try to imagine... What Allah could look like, trust me, it is from shaitan. He's trying to play with your minds. It's from the devil, from Satan. And when this happens to you, say, subhanAllah, Allah has nothing. He's not like anything. He's not like anything at all. And stop thinking about it. It's that simple. Now, another thing that we need to know about Allah is that he created everything. Think about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created everything in this existence. So someone might, might say, well, Allah did not create my smartphone, right? Actually, he did. Think about it. The person who designed the smartphone, created by who? By Allah. His intelligence, the idea that came into his head, his intelligence, let's say he came up with the idea, Allah did not put in his mind but Allah gave him the intelligence enough intelligence to think about that product to design it and the person who manufactured it the people who were you know working on it Allah also created them and Allah also gave him the intelligence and you know the the, the experience and 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 all the stuff that helped them create this <coughs> smartphone and Allah also provided them with food, water to survive and to be able to create and create. So if you think about it, yes, Allah created everything. What we create belongs to Allah because we belong to Allah. It's that simple. Well, someone might say, what about weapons of mass destruction? They are created by us. Does Allah take credit for that? First of all, and this is something I wanted actually to say in the beginning, but now I think it's actually even better to say it now. <clears throat> Allah gives you the intelligence. Allah gives you the sustenance. And you make your own choices. Again, the person who Allah gave intelligence and decided to make something useful for humanity will be rewarded for it. They, had, they made their choice. Someone took, had the same intelligence, 
and decided to make someone something that's harmful for humanity. Well, they'll get the punishment. So Allah does not force you to create. Allah gives you intelligence. Allah gives you the means to create anything that's supposed to be useful. And that, and, but then you choose to do something that's bad, to create something that's evil. This is your choice. We said before, human beings are have the freedom of choice. We are not controlled by Allah in terms of like, our choices come from us. Allah provides the choice and we, the choices and we choose from these choices. And that brings me to the second point, which is anything good that happens to us comes from Allah. Anything bad comes from us. Now, some might say, why can't we uh, do anything good as well Because you have to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Helps you achieve good Allah does not help you achieve evil Now But here's the billion dollar question Allah allows evil in the world And by the way This question Answering this question uh, Literally I mean Not being able to answer this question Led a lot of people to uh, Become atheists and, and agnostics And they just don't believe That there is a creator So I guess that makes them more of an atheist. So yeah, they believe that there is no creator. Because they say Allah allows evil. God allows evil. How could there be a God when there is evil allowed in the world? You know, people are being slaughtered and being killed. Refugees are dying and freezing. and They're Muslims, right? How could be there be God when, when all this evil happening and uh, bad people are winning and they're getting richer and they're getting bigger and more powerful? Well, to answer this question, you have to understand that, number one, this life is nothing in the sight of Allah. You have to understand, this life is nothing in the sight of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ actually sums it up in a very nice, nice phrase. He says what, the Prophet ﷺ? If this life was, was worth anything... If this life was worth anything in the sight of Allah, Allah wouldn't have given a sip of water to a disbeliever. Those who disbelieve in Allah and you know try to fight His religion, try to like you know deny His lordship and 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 His divinity, or those who associate any anyone beside Allah in terms of worshiping, Allah wouldn't even give him a sip of water in this world. Yet, Allah doesn't do that. Why? Because this life is not a standard. It's not the end all. Allah doesn't care about this life. The hereafter is what matters. So that's number one. To answer the question, why does Allah allow evil? Yeah, Allah allows evil. Because number one, if this life meant something, Allah would have stopped the evil in this life. Because that's basically everything. But life is even nothing. I don't even want to say it's a little bit. Life is only good if you use it to get to the hereafter. If you live your life worshipping and following Allah's commands... To get to the hereafter. Life is a bridge. You only use it as a bridge. You do not stop at the bridge. You do not sit down. You do not, you know, uh, stay there because you will eventually die. You do not live on the bridge. You just pass through the bridge. You walk over it to get to your destination. That is life. So that's number one. Number two, there are things that I just said in the beginning 
there are wisdoms that we'll never understand. <coughs> Sometimes we might understand Allah's wisdom in certain things. Sometimes we might not. And this is Allah's testing our own belief, our faith, our iman. When you see something happening, you couldn't stop it. And nobody else could. That means Allah willed for it to happen for a certain wisdom. Whether you understand it or not, that's not your problem. You try your best to make this world a better world because Allah asked you to do so. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, Allah will still reward you if you were sincere, of course, and leave the rest to Allah. This is the Muslim's uh, motto, uh, which basically do your best in everything. Work, family, better society, better everything. Do your best, but de- leave the rest to Allah. The results are not your problem. The results are up to Allah. You just do your best and that's it. You know? Don't question. Because think about it. Those who left their religion... Whether they're Muslims, they're Christians, they're Jews, those who left their their religions, that who said there's no God anymore, we don't believe that there is a God. Them leaving their religion did not solve anything, did not answer the question: Why still there's still evil? Can they fix the evil? No, they can't. People are still dying, so it still does not answer your question. But believing in Allah, believing that He has a wisdom that we might not understand now. We maybe understand it later. We might never understand it until we die. You just do your best to create a better world and that's all you have to worry about. Allah did not create us and leave us like this. Allah's watching over us, but He allows certain things to happen for wisdom. Maybe to punish some people. Maybe to reward some people. Maybe for some people to stand up for other people. You never know. We, we Again, the first rule is do not try to figure out Allah's wisdom. You won't understand it unless it's very clear. Let me give you a little bit of an example. There is a verse in the Quran that says, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not love something very much because it could be very bad for you. It could be very harmful to you. And do not hate something very much because it could be very beneficial to you. And very good for you. And wallahi, by Allah, this happened in my this happened many times to me in real life. I'll give you one small example. <coughs> uh, my wife, uh, uh, one time, uh, I came back from work. And then my wife called me and she said basically that her car stopped in the middle of the road. And she was freaking out and she was, you know, uh, nervous and so, you know, and whatnot. And then I drove there. Thank God, alhamdulillah, I was close to home. So I drove to her and then we, you know, I stayed next to her until, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, we called 911. The police came and then, you know, called AAA. They took the car to the dealership. And what happened was, uh, my wife, um, she, she put diesel in, in, in the car instead of regular uh, gas. 
and uh even i don't know what happened she she just didn't you know some one of those days she just you know she said i want diesel and the guy was like a little weirded out even though he should have known better but anyway the guy at the gas station was like uh are you sure you want diesel she's like yeah i, I want diesel and he's like all right no problem I mean, he should have 100% questioned her and be like, this is not going to work, but I, I, whatever. It happened for a reason, right? And then they put Diesel in the car, and then she, start, she starts driving, and then the, the, engine, the engine shuts you know, shuts down, and, and everything shuts off, and yeah, that's what happened. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on. You know what? Never mind. Inshallah, you know, everything will be fine. Not a big deal. So we go to the dealership, and they said, you know what? It's gonna cost a few, a couple of hundred dollars to you know clean, uh, clean the the engine basically the motor or whatever. So we're like no problem. Again, it was will the will of Allah that it happened. We couldn't control it, so we we know we we submitted that there's a wisdom coming out of this, and here is. Again, that doesn't mean that every time the wisdom will be presented, but here's the thing. So we go to to pick up the car. I think a day later. And then they tell us, thank God. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, this has exactly happened. They said, thank God that you guys brought the car here to the dealership. Because look at your tires. So our tire, the, 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 the tires of the car was very bold. Bold meaning, you know, that, that, that little, you know, uh, what is it called? Those uh, engraved, you know, dents or patterns on, 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 on the tires, they were completely you know done they were like uh, overused and because you know how how much we drove it and we did not uh 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 how many times we drove it without you know changing the tires so basically we're supposed to change the tires and the this is was in the winter time so it was about to snow and the guy said this could have gotten you into gotten you into a big accident and it could have been really like you know bad because your car, because it's bold, the tires are bold, you, you can't drive in the snow. It will, you know, skid. And it was, it was going to cause, for sure, an accident. So we had to change the tires. And I said, subhanAllah, this is incredible. We thought that putting diesel in the car was such a bad thing. We hated it, right? Because we had to pay money to clean the, the engine, the, the motor. Yet... If we didn't do that, God knows we could have gotten into a fatal accident during, you know, snow season. So, yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. That's basically what you want to call it, a blessing in disguise. Always think. Now, I'm not saying every time, you because now in this situation, we saw Allah's wisdom clearly. But some, some situations you'll never know. You'll think that bad thing's happening to you. You will think. You don't know if it's bad or not. It might turn out good. It might stay bad. But even if it stays bad, <clears throat> quote unquote, stays bad, you don't know Allah's wisdom. Don't question it. You couldn't do anything to stop it or to prevent it or to change whatever, you know? Then, you know, trust Allah. Trust the process of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's another thing. Now, Sometimes you'll be sitting down and then shaitan, the devil will come to you and will ask you this question. Who created you? 
And actually, Shaitan will help you with the answer. You know, it's definitely Allah. I know Allah created everything, so He created me. Great. So who created the animals? Allah created the animals. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Who created the angels? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he asks you this. Who created Allah? Trust me, a lot of people get that question in their heads. If Allah created everything, who created him? Has to be created, right? Everything has to be created. Now here's the interesting part. Our rules, and this is one thing you need to understand, Allah does not abide by our rules. Allah made those rules for us. He doesn't live by those rules. You understand? Allah does not abide by these rules. And one of these rules is everything must be created. Everyone must be created. Every, you know, every animal must be created. Every human must be created. Right? Then we say who created Allah? Well, Allah does not is not in our realm. Again, we said you cannot compare us to Allah. We're not even, you know, remotely on any level close to Allah. Creation being created is part of our the, 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 the rule of existence of this life. Allah does not abide by those rules. Let me give you an example. Uh, like uh, I'll, I'll give you just a, a real life example. Something. Imagine you go inside a bakery. Right? And then you ask yourself, who baked this beautiful looking uh, uh, cake? It's the baker of, of this bakery. Okay? Who, who baked, uh, you know, this uh, fruit tart? The baker. Who baked this bread? The baker. Who baked, you know, this muffin? The baker. Then you ask yourself, who baked the baker? That's not even a legit question. Because the baker does not abide by the same rules that the, the actual baked stuff are abi you know, abiding by. The baker is not, he's a human being, hence he can't be baked. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's literally you're asking the same question. Who created Allah? No, Allah does not abide by these rules. The word created does not apply on Allah. Allah creates. He cannot be created. Do you understand? Another rule is we all have an end. Allah has no end. Like one day we will cease to exist from this world. Yes, we will be resurrected again and all these things, but we will cease to exist for God knows how long. We will cease to exist. Allah will never cease to exist. Allah has no end. Nor Allah has any beginning. Allah has no beginning. We have a beginning. Every single creation, this existence, this world, angels, humans, animals, jinn, anything you can think of has a beginning. This entire universe had a beginning. Allah doesn't. Allah does not have a beginning. Begin again, for, for the same exact reason. Allah does not abide 
by our rules. Allah has no restraints, has no we have rules. We are we we, we get hungry. You know, we get thirsty, we get tired. That's why you remember when we were discussing the verse of that Allah sat on the throne after creating, you know, the heavens and the earth. He did not sit because he wanted to sit because he couldn't stand or, you know, he got he had to rest. Allah doesn't get tired. The rules that apply on us do not apply on Allah because Allah is the one who created those rules to show us that we are mortal, that we are humans, that we're always depending on something. We're dependent creation. Allah isn't dependent of anything. Allah does not need us to be Allah. He does not need us to be God. Allah doesn't need humans to worship Him to be God. You know, if God wants, in a second we'll be gone from this existence and that's it. Everything will end. And no one could do anything about it. Do you understand? So that's, you know, putting, uh, you know, talking about, you know, um, that Allah does not abide by our rules. Now, another thing is Allah is just in everything. He is just, coming from justice. He is fair. Because if we have an unfair God, an unjust God, we are in big trouble. We are in big trouble. But alhamdulillah, Allah is fair. And Allah says in the Quran, Ya ibadi inni haramtu dhulma ala nafsi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I forbade, and Allah by the way, see, I said Allah does not abide by our rules, but Allah created, believe it or not, Allah created rules for himself to follow. Number one rule, Ya ibadi inni haramtu dhulma ala nafsi. Oh my slaves, oh my servants, oh mankind, I forbade injustice upon myself. This is Allah telling us in the Quran. I forbade myself from committing any injustices towards anyone. Do not. So, Allah is continuing in the verse. So, do not commit injustice. And unfortunately, for the humans, the people who commit injustice towards one another, God Himself forbade injustice upon Himself. Who are you to commit injustice? Who are you to commit injustice? That means you're going to have to answer badly to Allah on the day of judgment. Anyway, another thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also, one of the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote for himself is Rahmati sabaqat awasat ghadabi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, My mercy overcomes my anger. Because if Allah angers overcomes his mercy, we are done. Think about it for a second. But Allah's mercy, for our own sake, made His mercy overcome His anger. When He's angry, He puts His mercy first. Allah also is incredibly, incredibly generous. And when I say generous, I don't mean the human way generous. No, no, no. Allah is generous enough that when you, if you're a Muslim, when you commit, when you make one good deed. Allah multiplies it by 10 every single time. When you commit a sin, Allah still gives you one sin. This is a general rule, by the way, for any Muslim. One deed, because we, we uh, and the reason why you have to be a Muslim is because to, to, to have your good deed accepted and, uh, and being left in your book for the day of judgment, you have to be a Muslim in the first place. You know, what about, you know, non-Muslims who... Uh, 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 Commit good deeds, who do great stuff. Allah rewards them in this life. By any 
you know, uh, any in any you know shape or way or form. Allah gives them because Allah again, Allah is fair. Allah will reward them, but again, the sin of you know associating someone with Allah or disbelieving in Allah, you know, precedes any any good deeds. It overcomes any good deed. You know, unfortunately for you know for those who. Um, just want to know, you know, what happens to non-Muslims when they do good deeds. That's exactly. Allah still rewards them in this life, but they take nothing in the afterlife if they die upon, you know, uh, disbelieving in Allah or you know associating someone with Allah. Now, uh, another thing is uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is 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 incredibly. Uh, we're still talking about generosity of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that Allah teaches us how to worship Him. And then rewards us for worship for using what he taught us uh, to worship him. So Allah teaches us how to pray, right? Allah tells us if you pray in a certain way, you're going to get rewarded. Allah tells us if you do this, if you pay your zakah, if you if you fast in Ramadan, if you lower your gaze, if you do this, if you dress modestly, you will be rewarded. Allah's basically given us a cheat sheet, right? Allah's giving us a cheat sheet, and and basically He's given us the manual. He's like, hey, use this. If you use it, I'm going to reward you. So Allah's giving us something, and He's rewarding us for using it. Another, th- and this is the biggest example that happened with Adam. Peace be upon him. Adam, Allah, when when Adam and we talked about this, uh, I think uh, last episode, when 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 Satan uh, made Adam eat from the tree, and Adam, you know, uh, uh, ate from the tree, and Allah was upset. What did Allah do? Allah taught Adam how to repent. So Adam used that to repent. So Allah used what, what, what Adam used what Allah taught him, and he repented to Allah, and Allah forgave him. It's not like Allah told him, "Well, you figure it out. You disobeyed me. You need to figure out how, you know, to make me forgive you." No, Allah taught him. This is how you should. And then Adam chose to repent to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and Allah forgave him. Also, our money, Allah, everything comes from Allah. When it comes to provision Everything When it comes to provision Money, food, anything Comes from Allah So Allah gives us money He gives us our jobs Our careers And when we take some of it When we pay the, 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 the mandatory charity The zakah The 2.5% of our savings Allah rewards us for it Even though he's the one Who provided the money for us Like you guys have to understand Money that we have The money that we own Comes from Allah Through our employer Through our businesses through our that these are the means, but Allah is the source. You have to understand this very clearly. Allah is the source of everything good. All the money that you get, Allah is the source. He gives it through Allah. Allah always uh, 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 applies His method. Like for example, Allah has angels right on our shoulders. Some angels write the good deeds. Some angels write the bad deeds, and all these things, right? Allah, do you think Allah won't be able to remember every single human being what, what, what are the deeds? Allah does not need angels to do that for him, but Allah likes to do the process. Do the process for us. You know, that's basically it. So Allah, gave, he, Allah gives us our money and when we take 2.5% to do our zakah, to pay our mandatory charity, Allah rewards us for it, even though he gave us the money. You understand? It's that's the generosity of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a hundred divided mercy into a hundred parts. Allah divided mercy, 
the act of mercy into a hundred parts. And he gave us one hundred. I mean, one of one of, of, of the hundred. He gave it to us to live with or to live by in this in this life. So imagine this. Allah has a hundred parts of mercy. He gave us one of the hundred parts. And distributed on all of mankind and all the animals. So that's why when you see people are being merciful to one another, they're a fraction of that one part that Allah giving all of mankind to live with or all of basically creation to live by. And he has the 99 for himself. That he uses it during our life and he will use it on the day of judgment for those who believed in him. Can you imagine when you see someone who is very, very passionate about someone else and feel bad for them and very merciful and very, you know, forgiving. This is a fraction of one part of hundred parts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. So you can imagine the forgiveness and the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store for us. We just, you know, we try to our best to be worthy of such mercy and forgiveness. It's that simple. Allah does not like to be called uh, a father, uh, a son. Allah, can, you cannot associate Allah with any human being or any entity, period. Allah is one. He is one. No sons, no children, no spouse, no parents, no siblings, nothing. Allah is one. That's it. That's it. Allah is one. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive those who die upon shirk. Those who associate someone with him or those who disbelieve in him. If you die upon that, unfortunately, there's no hope for you in the hereafter in any way, shape or form. The uncle of the Prophet sallallahu who he loved so much, died as a pagan. He, did, he was a disbeliever in Allah and Allah said, I'm not going to forgive him. Do not. He told the Prophet ﷺ, do not ask for forgiveness for him because this is the only sin that I will never forgive if you die upon. Allah can forgive anything except for the sin of shirk or disbelief. Allah is not a spirit. Another thing that we need to know about Allah, He's not a spirit. He has an essence. He has a physical essence that we, like we said before, we cannot comprehend Right? But he has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a physical essence. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not live among us. Like, you know, we, s- some beliefs, they believe that, oh, God could, you know, he, he's in everywhere. He's in, uh, in my house. He's in my, at work. He's in the streets. He's in uh, with the poor. He's with, no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his essence exists on the throne above the seventh heaven. He could see everything. Allah sees everything. Allah hears everything. By the way, Allah does not need angels to tell him what's happening. You know, Allah sees and hears every single thing. But that doesn't mean he physically bet- he is between us. No, Allah is capable of anything. Remember, are we deriving an analogy? No, Allah told us. I see everything. I hear everything. But Allah's essence exists up there, not here with us. Now, <clears throat> it's worthy to mention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends, by the way, descends to the first heaven. We have seven heavens, right? 
all the galaxies, by the way, all the galaxies that we know of, or maybe we do not know of, all the planets, all this, it's not even, it didn't even reach the first heaven. You guys need to understand this. The first heaven, or the first sky, heaven is different from paradise. You guys need to understand this. Heaven and paradise are two different things. When we say the heavens, the seven heavens, I mean the seven skies. You can call them the seven skies. The heaven, the paradise is something totally different. This is where, inshallah, hopefully we can live in. This is Jannah. Right, but, but, but the samat, which is the, 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 the skies, some people call it heavens too. So the first heaven, the first sky, no human being was able to reach it yet. This is called, what we're in right now is something called the samat dunya the worldly heaven, the worldly sky. That, you know, all the planets, all the galaxies. You have to understand that, right? <clears throat> so Allah descends to the first heaven, that means, again, far from us, we can't even... Uh, in the last third of the night, of every night. This is actually authentic hadith. Now, we don't know how he descends, but we know he descends to the first heaven, not to our world, not to here. He descends to the first heaven in the last third of every night. And he descends to see what, of course, again, Allah sees everything. But Allah likes to apply process. There is a process. And why does Allah like to apply? Like, okay. So we know, and, and this is very, uh, this is a good, a very actually fair question. Some people ask this. Well, Allah, Allah could see all of us, what we're doing, right? From his throne. He doesn't need to descend to the first heaven. So why does Allah descend to the first heaven to see what people are doing in terms of like worshiping him and and, and all these things? Because Allah ba basically descends to the to the first heaven in the last third of every night. To see if those who are praying in the middle of the night, those who are reading Quran, those who are talking about Islam, so he can, you know, increase their rewards. Now, some might say, well, Allah, Allah can't hear this or see this while he's on his throne. Why does he have to descend? It's for us to show us the significance of the last third of the night. To show us the significance that Allah himself descends to elevate our status, to give us extra rewards. It's that awe, you know, when you hear about this, it's like, oh my God, wow. To show us the significance of such an act. That's all. Allah likes the process because it, the process shows us the importance of the actions. You know, the importance of certain things. That's basically it. So yeah. Allah's the one, also Allah's the one who is going to be judging us on the day of judgment. The only one. <laughs> no one else. No judge, no human judge. No parents, no siblings, no boss. It's you and Allah alone, individually. The ultimate judge is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one will judge us on the day of judgment but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's the one who will Resurrect us. We're all going to die. Like I said, we're all at a certain point in time. We're all going to cease to exist. And then Allah will bring us back to life to start the judgment on the day of judgment. Allah is the one that you have to please despite what anybody else might think of you. Now you have to do it in a nice way. You don't have to be vulgar about it. You know, you don't have to be rude about it. No, you could, you know, be uh, diplomatic. 
You know, it could be, you know, nice about doing things. But please Allah, Allah always comes first. Because if Allah doesn't come first, I promise you, your life, if you think your life's still good or whatever, trust me, bad things will only happen to you, whether in this life or the hereafter. Allah has to come first. Think about the significance of your creator. And I hope that, you know, I know we didn't, uh, uh, again, if we talk about Allah, if we could have just a podcast to keep talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his attributes, but I hope that this at least summarized some of the things that could have been, you know, uh, uh, could have caused confusion about who is Allah and what is Allah exactly. So I hope that I answered, you know, some of your questions or addressed some of your, you know, um, you know, uh, confusions and, and whatnot. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.